you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 Hello, Dodger fans, and welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Ravine Fiends, and back with me is Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, we had an off day, uh, a good amount of off days the last month or the last few weeks, and another one coming up. Uh, how'd you enjoy your enjoy your off day? Uh, yeah, it was fine. Um, by by this evening, I was kind of itching for some Dodger baseball, so I ended up watching. I watched the end of the Cubs Cardinals game. Did you watch any of that? Uh, no, but I saw the crazy ninth inning that happened. Yeah, Cardinals were up four to one going into the ninth. Uh, Carlos Martinez came in and just could not get an out. Uh, he he left with them still up four to three and runners on first and third, and one out I think. Andrew Miller came in and got a ground out uh, to score the tying run, and then he got the third out, uh, and then Matt Carpenter hit a home run off Craig Kimbrell. So. Uh, you know, for everybody who thought Craig Kimbrell was the answer for Kenley Jansen, uh, I don't think that was it. So, yeah, yeah, just uh, <laughs> we'll get into another closer that Dodger fans <laughs> wanted that well that we wanted, but yeah. uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. We're going to answer a couple questions from some listeners, and then we're going to have a fun little draft on the Dodgers clinching games from the last seven years. Uh, but before all that, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car in the morning, tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. All right. Uh, so we have a couple questions from listeners that we're going to get into. Uh, the first one is from Austin at, at, at Austin on standby. Uh, he asked the odds that the Dodgers let Ryu walk after this season. Yeah, that's uh, it's really tough, you know. It it's hard to know what the market will be for Ryu, especially with the struggles he's had. You know, he'll have another start or two this regular season, and then he has the postseason to show what he can do. Uh, obviously, if he had finished the season with a 1.6 ERA or whatever it was for a while, he would have been in very high demand. Uh, the fact that he's faded a little bit has a good chance to not win the Cy Young Award now. I don't know. The Dodgers, they only have him this year because they made him the qualifying offer last year and he accepted it. Uh, the one thing that, you know, they don't necessarily need to keep him. Um, it, you know, Garrett Cole's going to be on the market. I've been, I've been wanting Garrett Cole since before the Astros got him. Uh, I assume the Dodgers will be in on him. And, you know, then you've got Bueller and Kershaw and, uh, May and Gonsolin and Stripling and Julio and so many guys. Uh, so they don't necessarily need to keep Ryu, uh, but I, I assume they would like to keep him. And I wonder, uh, obviously he's comfortable with the Dodgers. He accepted the qualifying offer. We don't know how much of that was motivated by not being sure he could do better and how much of it was motivated by, I want to stay with the Dodgers. 
but I I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him. But I also don't know that uh, if he's commanding top dollar, I don't think they will keep him. Yeah, yeah I'm basically in the same boat. Uh, uh, I knew you'd bring up Garrett Cole, but not what, you know, if the Dodgers go after him, then uh, you would assume Ryu's off the table. But if they don't get him or don't go after him, then Ryu's on the table. And I, I don't know. This is just a feeling I have with most Dodger players that have kind of grown up as Dodgers. You know, had Kershaw last year with Ryu now and hopefully some of these younger guys when they get to that point of uh, contract extensions or free agency that I feel like they're just comfortable or, or even Jensen. You feel like they're comfortable here and you feel like the Dodgers make a offer that's competitive, uh, then they definitely consider staying here. So I, I'm not sure exactly what their plan is or what their idea is. Uh, but if Ryu's open to it and, you know, they make a club friendly slash Ryu friendly offer, then I think he stays. So, uh, but it just depends. If the team comes at him with a lot of money, then, you know, no nope. more power to Ryu to take that and, and go get his money. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I really have no idea what the plan is. Yeah. Yeah, Rich Hill is another interesting question mark. Just, you know, similar thing. His contract's up. He's a lot older and kind of seems like maybe he's doing Custer's last stand right now. Uh, so maybe he'll isn't going to be looking for another contract after this year. I don't know. But both of those will be interesting to see. So, yeah. Our other question is from Tim Moore. He sent it to us by email, lockedondodgers at gmail.com, if any of you want to email us. Uh, he's asking about the extended netting that the Dodgers installed a few weeks ago. Uh, just wondering our thoughts on it, if we've been there to see it and how it looks and whether it impacts anything. Yeah, so I've been to a couple games since since they've added the new netting. I haven't sat in any seats that would be directly affected by the netting, so I can't speak to that. Um, I will say, in general, in terms of sitting somewhere else in the gameplay, I haven't really noticed it. Um, you know, Obviously, it is safe for a lot of those line dry. They didn't extend it all the way down to the foul pole. It's extended you know, about three-quarters of the way up. So you know, there still are some line drives that could reach the stands, but they're a bit further down. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I really can't speak to how it affects, but I have, I will say that I've sat uh, behind netting before and in Arizona, we sat close enough. They don't have extended netting yet, but we sat, you know, in the direction of the netting and it didn't affect the way I enjoyed the game. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I haven't been there yet. Not till the playoffs. Will I be there? But yeah, you were talking about where they, they didn't put it all the way down. Um, they just did it to where the wall kind of angles and, and starts going parallel to the baseline. And, and really it makes sense because actually beyond that point, the seats are farther from the wall. Uh, you have more of a gap. There's a walkway right there. Uh, it just, and because of the angle, uh, you're now going parallel. And so it, it does seem like it's not nearly as dangerous right there. I think they went to the point where, uh, probably solved most of the danger with where they went. I, I'm excited to the, the next game I go to. My seats actually are behind the net. They're farther up. And so I've never, my seats aren't really in the danger zone, but I will get a clear view of how it affects my view because the net will be between me and the field. So I'll have more to say about it then. But right now I'm 100% in favor of it and I love it. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, we'll finish up with one quick thing that I did not touch on the other day in my solo episode. Um, you know, a little bit of a more serious topic. Felipe Vasquez, who was a Dodgers trade target at the deadline, and that you know we we talked about extensively leading up to the deadline, uh, was charged with basically, you know, essentially uh, soliciting a child. He's there a was, sexual predator. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two counts. Um, you know, so there's a lot going on over there. Um, you know, obviously we've talked about who they would in the past. It's a little bit different situation. Uh, but first and foremost, you know, the, the real thoughts and everything goes to the victims and hopefully they get the, what they need to get out of everything and, and they get the help that they need. Uh, but it, it's, it doesn't really affect the Dodgers right now, but it kind of affects, you know, the perception of the trade deadline a little bit. Uh, so we just wanted to touch on that a little bit, you know, as a Dodgers podcast. Yeah, I think I read that they're adding four more charges, too. Yeah, um, yeah so, I mean, a lot of charges, but two separate girls. I, I, I read it was all one girl, um, no. that they've only identified one victim. Um, there were a lot of different uh, charges, but they're all related to the same victim was the last thing I read anyway. Uh, but yeah, you, you'd hope there's only one victim. Uh, I don't know how confident I am of that because generally people like that don't just have one victim, but yeah, Dodgers dodged a bullet there. And uh, obviously the baseball implications are about the least important part of it. Uh, but I sure am glad that, that I don't have to care about Felipe Vasquez ever again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's basically, uh, the right wording there, you know, except rooting for him to rot in jail and then burn in hell. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, uh, you know, assuming he goes to jail and, and if he doesn't, I, you know, I don't think there's a reason for him to ever pitch in the major leagues. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all we really need to talk about there. Just, you know, trade deadline looks a little different from the Dodgers perspective because of it. Um, all right. So that'll do it for the first half. We'll come back in the second half and have talk about the Dodgers clinching games and kind of rank them in our order. Uh, but before we go to break, vivid seats, vivid seats, is an app that you can use to buy tickets. You can make a memory that lasts a lifetime and you can let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Right now, you can enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That's only in the Vivid Seats app. So please download the app, use the code KICKOFF and get a discount to potential Dodgers playoff game or wherever you want to go. And we'll be right back. Oh, hey, Vince. So it's 10.38 p.m. on a Sunday night where I am, and I really, really want some Chocodiles. You know Chocodiles, right? They're like Twinkies, but covered in chocolate? Yes, I've heard of them. I want some Chocodiles, but I don't have any Chocodiles here. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live like this? Well, fortunately for you, there is something called Postmates, and Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery, a.k.a. Chocodile delivery service all year round. No, I said Chocodiles. Nobody's going to deliver me Chocodiles. You really think Postmates will deliver, deliver me Chocodiles? Well, anything you're craving, which is Chocodiles at this moment, yeah. Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all restaurants, grocery stores, convenience stores, and traditional retailers. Anything you could possibly want or need, they can get it. But it's 1038 on a Sunday night. Well, the good thing about Postmates is that it's 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and whatever you want will get there within the hour. 
I don't even know where the store is, though. The good part is you don't need to know where the store is, you know? You just, they'll find the store, they'll bring it to you, no more trips, you ain't got to get up, you ain't got to put clothes on, stay in your, in your shorts and, you know, let them bring it to you. Yeah, let's pretend I have shorts on. Um, <laughs> well, that all sounds really great. Now, if Postmates would just develop an app so I could do it for my phone, we'd be set. Well, once again, you are in luck. The Postmates app is available for iOS or Android for free. You can browse all the restaurants, all the businesses, all the stores that you want, and track your delivery in real time. They're going to pro probably charge me a ton to deliver, though, aren't they? Actually, because you listen to, or because you're part of Lockdown Dodgers, and because you listeners are listening to this show, Postmates is giving you guys $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days to start those free deliveries. You just got to download the app, use code lock on, and you got a hundred bucks of free delivery for a week. So anything you need, anytime you need it, even chocodiles, maybe especially chocodiles postmate it, download postmates and save with the code locked on. All right, we are back and kicking off second half with our obscure former Dodger of the day. Uh, this guy might not be so obscure because he was a pretty well-liked Dodger, but, you know, his career wasn't completely defined as a Dodger, so we'll, I'll name him as an obscure. I wanted to find a guy that was on the 2013 team because yesterday was the anniversary of a game that we'll talk about in a little bit. But my guy is J.P. Howell. J.P. Howell played four years with the Dodgers. He came over from Tampa Bay, where he played, where he pitched for six years. He started his career in Kansas City, and he went to Toronto and pitched in 2017, and hasn't been back to the big league since. Uh, my favorite memory of JP Howell, other than he was a great guy to interview or talk to if you were a member of the media, but also in general, I remember I went to a game early and went to Dodgers batting practice. And he was kind of in the corner shagging balls. And me and my brother talked to him for a little bit. And that was a little bit after – it was after the year that – no, the year the Dodge had the brawl with the Diamondbacks at home. And he was beating up on who would – Turner Ward, who would eventually be the Dodgers hitting coach coming up. And, we, you know, we just kind of talked about, like, how, how did that feel? Uh, and, he, and he just said, yeah, it felt really good. And that was a lot of fun. So that always stood out to me because – never think about how these guys feel during the brawl and he kind of you know laid it straight like he had a good position he got a guy down and he got some punches in and it felt good so uh he was always fun fun to me for that uh and like i said also he was a, a fun member when you were in the media and kind of talked to him and got some interviews in uh so yeah jp Howe, the obscure former dodger of the day do you remember when you and i were in the locker room together in 2015 and andre ether was giving jp howell a hard time joking that he lived in a mobile home yeah 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 jpl got a lot of that uh but you know rightfully so he played back with it yeah all right so we the dodgers have won seven straight nos titles the you know some clinching games are more memorable than others and with an off day we just kind of wanted to, to pick our you know ranks of those games uh we'll exclude this year's game because it wasn't really too memorable um other than Gavin Lux hit his first career home run. Other than that, wasn't too much memories to be made. It was in Baltimore, so you know, not really against a team that they have any history with. 
So we're going to run through the other six and uh, see what happens in that draft. So, Jeff, uh, I'll let you kick off. Okay. Um, I'll go with the least memorable one for me, which is kind of funny because it's also the only one that I've actually been at in person. It was 2017. And, uh, you know, the only thing really that makes it memorable was that uh, they had to wait so long. You know, there was talk that they might clinch even before they got to September, and then they were just awful for a few weeks. Uh, but then so they eventually clinched it on September 22nd. Uh, Rich Hill pitched. It was against the Giants. That's always good. Uh, Tony Watson, Josh Fields, and Kenley Jansen each pitched an inning to finish it off. Uh, Bellinger homered. It was ended up being his last home run of his rookie season. Uh, and the Dodgers won 4-2. Uh, Bellinger's homer was a three-run homer, so that was exciting. Uh, the other notable thing about that one was it happened on Tommy Lasorda's 90th birthday, and so uh, there was a big. It, it was kind of a double celebration, celebrating the the clinch and Tommy. So. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one up there. Uh, and the first one I'll go with is one I was at, but it also wasn't too memorable. It was 2014? They clinched at home against the Giants. Clayton Kershaw had a good game. Uh, Brian Wilson, who didn't have a great year that year, but he closed it out against his former team. Uh, the most memorable part about it was that was the year of the bubble machine. So a lot of fans in the crowd, including myself and the people I were with, all had bubble machines or bubble guns or whatever. So there's a lot of bubbles going on that day. And it's always fun to clinch at home because, you know, the, fan, the players celebrate with the fans. And sometimes you get champagne thrown on you depending where you're sitting at. Uh, so that was a fun game, but uh, definitely not the funnest of the six that we're talking about. Yeah, that was the one where the Dodgers players actually came out and like they like went down the lines and stuff and celebrated with the fans, right? Yeah, they they did a lap around the field. My brother was there. Did did Kershaw? Didn't he like hit a double too or something or a triple even? He yeah, he hit a triple and he caught a ball between his leg, a grounder between his legs or behind his back. One of those. Yeah, I almost went to that game. I I almost just hopped in the car with my son and drove down and went to the game, but I ended up not doing that. Uh, my next one was also against the Giants. Uh, so the next year after that, 2015, again, Clayton Kershaw. This one was not at home. It was in San Francisco. Uh, but Kershaw just just took the Giants apart. Uh, it was Kershaw against Madison Bumgarner. And Kershaw pitched a complete game one hitter, struck out 13 batters, uh, Kike and AJ Ellis and who else homered in that game? Do you remember besides Kike and AJ? I do not. Justin Ruggiano. 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 Yep. Um, and yeah, so that one for me is most memorable because Kershaw just dominated. It was late in the season. You know, it was September 29th. It was, that was until last year, it was probably the scariest one that the Dodgers might not actually win the division. And so uh, it was awesome to see Kershaw come in under pressure and just dominate a pretty good Giants team. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I almost went to that game, but I didn't after all. Uh, my next one is another game I was at, and it was last year, game 163. Memorable because of Walker Buehler's performance and obviously winning game 163. Uh, memorable for me because I was actually on a plane back to San Diego from Indianapolis, but I had a layover in LA and I just skipped my flight back to San Diego, stayed in LA uh, and went to the game and then caught a bus home after. So it was fun to be at. 
a fun crowd. And yeah, Walker Buehler, that's where it's where he uh, cussed to, at the fans after the game and kind of continued his development as a, a, a potty mouth. And this year in his celebration, he, he did mention that he was just trying not to cuss. Yep. Uh, yeah, that one. Uh, Bellinger's home run was big. Herman Marquez was scary. And uh, Bellinger's homer is big. And then Muncy's homer just kind of took the weight off the chest. And, okay, breathing room. So, yeah. uh, My last one is one I was not at, but I almost was. Uh, I had come down because I wanted to be there when the Dodgers clinched. And then uh, in 2016, and they ended up not doing it while I was there. And I had to drive home. I was at the Saturday game. And then I had, my kids had a little program at church the next day on Sunday. So I was at the Saturday night game and had to be back here home in Pleasant Grove, Utah by 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock Sunday morning. And so, uh, so I drove through the night and actually, uh, it was when I stopped to go to the bathroom at about five in the morning that I looked at Twitter and saw that Jose Fernandez had died. And then I uh, got home, went to church, took a nap, and then got up and watched with my family as the Dodgers played against the Rockies in Vince Scully's final uh, home game. And it looked like the Dodgers might clinch uh, by default when the, in the Padres-Giants game that was happening down in San Diego. Uh, but a few seconds before that game ended, Charlie Culberson hit the walk-off home run uh, it was awesome. Uh, Vince Scully's afterward, you know, he talked to the crowd. It was it was something I really wish I could have been there for, uh, but it was also awesome watching it on TV with my wife and kids. Uh, and then you and I got to talk to Charlie just a couple of days later. He came on our old podcast and talked about that feeling, and he is just the nicest guy in the world. And so in addition to being happy for the Dodgers and sad about Vince Scully, just being happy for Charlie Culberson was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. In terms of actual game, that might be the best one. Uh, but since it's left to me, it'll be another game I've been at, which started this run in 2013, and that was the game against the Diamondbacks in Arizona where the Dodgers won, and it became known as the pool game. Uh, because the Dodgers ran into the pool and celebrated after the game. Uh, the actual game was actually good and bad. Uh, Ricky Nolasco, who had done really well as a Dodger, didn't do so well, but then the Dodgers came back, and actually A.J. Ellis hit the go-ahead home run in the seventh or eighth inning uh, to put them ahead for good. Dodgers won. That was when the Diamondbacks had asked the Dodgers not to come back out and celebrate with the fans. So as a as fans, you know, we went to the Dodgers dugout side and wanted to celebrate. Uh, they acknowledged us for a little bit, then they went into the dugout. The Diamondbacks personnel started kicking people out. Me and my cousin went to the bathroom and kind of hung out in there for a little bit just to kind of wait it out. Uh, so we were one of the few that actually got to see the Dodgers run into the pool. And, yeah, I know, I have no recollection because my phone was dead because back then there wasn't portable chargers and phone batteries weren't that great. Uh, but always, I'll always have that memory in my head. And, you know, that pool game will always bring up good memories for Dodger fans in general. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I had to, I had to watch it. That was back before I was really good at getting around the stupid blackout rules. 
and because I only live nine hours from the Diamondback Stadium, for whatever reason, I'm blacked out for their games. So I had to use some major trickery to watch that game. Uh, but yeah, that first one, it's, that was my first year as a season ticket holder and their first division title after the McCourt era ended. And so that one was very satisfying, you know, the Puig gear, all that stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the one thing that stands out from all this is that the Dodgers won every game to clinch. Uh, they never had to back their way in. So, you know, it doesn't matter how you get it, uh, but it's definitely more fun when you win to get it. Yep. The celebration is more fun when you win and they're more fun when you do it at home. Uh, that's part of what made it uh, this year's less memorable. They didn't do it at home and it wasn't even against a division rival. Uh, it was just against a crappy Orioles team. So, you know, it is what it is, but, and we'll take the division title, but uh, yeah, the, I think this year's ranks seventh probably in terms of most memorable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we'll see what happens with next year's team. Yeah. Uh, all right. That'll do it for today's show. Thank you for listening to locked on Dodgers. That'll do it for the week. We'll be back after the weekend series with the Rockies. Talk about big three, Ryu, Kershaw, Bueller, see how they do, and probably more progressions on the bullpen and kind of settling into who's going to be on the postseason roster. Remember, you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, wherever you think we sound best, Himalaya, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever else you use. Uh, but if you do not use Apple but you have it on your phone, please subscribe on there as well. That would help us out. If you like the show, please show us. You can subscribe. Like I said, download, listen every day. Word of mouth is our best friend and your best friend. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody you know that's a Dodger fan about the Locked on Dodgers podcast. And if you have the time, please rate and review us in iTunes or your favorite podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Dodgers. You can follow Jeff at Snydog. You can follow me at Vince Samperio. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 323-863-LOCK. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs They're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles Our Los Angeles Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye!